Greetings, listeners. You have found the horror returns. For all of you who delight in dread, fantasize about fear, and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves that the horror never ends. Each episode, we seek out and review a brand new horror movie, and then we go back and find a classic work with similar themes, looking at both similarities as well as differences. Our goal here is to explore how our perceptions of fear remain the same from generation to generation. But we also want to point out how the presentation can change based on the social and political climate of the times. Although we always do our best to avoid spoiling the new release, sometimes it may be necessary to talk about certain details in the course of our conversation. And we generally assume you guys have already seen the classic film, so there will often be spoilers whenever we're discussing anything that has been out for at least one year. The other thing that we may do from time to time is use a few four-letter words. This is a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated, so you can pretty much expect us to be as well. I'm Lance, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Brian and Philip. As mostly always, but I'll be there <laughs> when I can get there. <laughs> hey, the, the, the band's back together. Yeah, sorry guys, man. I hate missing those shows. Well, let's uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do, man. Let's start out with a discussion of uh, some of the highlights of what we've checked out this week. Uh, Philip, we know you've been on vacation on, on the beach. Did you get a chance to, to check anything out? Yeah, I was looking for uh, Blake Lively out there. Did you find her? <laughs> well, I mean, she's from Galveston, apparently, from the movie. But, oh, that's you know, right. I didn't. I found a chick that kind of looked at like her, but, you know... Dragging two kids in tow and being like, hey, what's up? Doesn't usually work. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I thought having little kids and babies around you could kind of attract women sometimes. Yeah, not when your wife is yelling at you in the background. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, it was... It was cool, dude. Like I said, the... uh, I'm a Galveston person. The the waters were a little brown, but that's just kind of because of the sand. And uh, the waves were a little crazy and it was we had we had a good time. I got to unplug my phone for a fucking week. How about that? that sounds <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, that sounds really good. Did you uh do you, do you watch any any movies with the kids or anything? No, dude, we didn't watch anything at all. I uh I need to catch up on some stuff. Hey, there's nothing wrong with uh with unplugging every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Man, dogs and podcasts, huh? Bad combination. <laughs> Hold on. We got our own podcast dog, dude. Yeah, I was about to say he's he's is it he or she? Oh, it's a he. Yeah, he's oh, it seems like the that. official mascot. <laughs> Not supposed to right. kick him, Lance. What the hell? <laughs> All right. So we're we're where were we at? You were talking oh you Philip, you said like uh you you didn't watch anything, huh? No, man, just uh, just chilled at the beach and turned the phone off and drank probably way more than I should have. Well, yeah, we had to, every once in a while we got to un- unplug from life a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of ready to get back to work after hanging out with the uh, mom and brother and all the extended family drama, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What What about you, Brian? Uh, I checked out, uh, I didn't, uh, catch up on any shows, but I checked out a few movies. Uh, got to see, uh, Green Room. Oh, man, I've been wanting to see that. 
I'm not going to get into no spoilers or anything, um, but I, I fully recommend this movie. Cool. I'm going to go ahead which, and... Uh, that's the military one? No, that's the one with uh, Anton Yelchin, the, the guy who just died recently. Oh, really? And uh, basically the premise is uh, they're, they're a punk band and... They kind of like travel around, you know, getting getting gigs here and there when they can, and they get a gig to do. Uh, basically, it's like at a white supremacist like club or something, huh. and uh, they end up witnessing something in the in the green room that they shouldn't have seen, and basically spend the rest of the, uh, the movie trying to get out. I gotcha. Um, like super bad, but not quite as funny. Yes. <laughs> uh, pretty graphic. I w- um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this a eight on ten. I really, wow. I really enjoyed. The- I really enjoyed this movie. That's pretty strong. Oh, I remember, yeah. I remember it coming out and then saying it was really graphic. I, I did. I-, I wanted to see it and I just kind of forgot about it. Um, also checked out The Witch. Oh, I love that movie, man. Yeah. Did you? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's. I'm, I'm gonna give this one a seven. It's. I don't. Uh, it's not gonna be for everybody. It's a little bit of a slow burn. But um, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I heard somebody on uh, our little radio show here say that it wasn't any good, and so I kind of just dismissed it. But yeah, she's a psycho. Yes, I had, <laughs> I, I had someone tell me it wasn't good, but I think um, they kind of talk in that old English kind of, you know, the way they talk. Yeah. I think kind of throws everybody off because there was times where I was kind of it was kind of hard to follow what they were saying or what they were talking about. Salem, Salem was like that. Oh, this you know? this one—it's more old Englishy than that. Oh, really? Yeah, but yeah, I, after it, after it you watch the movie, you kind of <laughs> after you watch it though, you kind of you kind of get get with it. Yeah. So I recommend people check yeah, it out. You, you can get into those accent stuff, man. Hell, I can get into the little foreign movies every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, also checked out uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. Oh, oh cool. yeah, new one. Yeah, it, it was fun. You know, I took my daughter. It was fun. I saw that. One. I, I give it about you know, it was a little bit long. I give it a six and a half. That's not bad. I it was be- yeah, I thought it was better than the first one. Yeah, it is. I'll give you yeah. that. I did not like uh, what's his name, uh, Stephen Amell. As uh, oh, Casey Arrow? Jones, yeah, because he's pretty much he's Arrow in this. Oh, oh, kidding! Yeah, so he's he wasn't he wasn't the Casey Jones I grew up with. Yeah, see, I, I'm thinking back to like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I yeah. still incorporate quotes from that movie into my everyday life. Apparently, the reason why he had short hair in this was because because of Arrow, because he couldn't grow the hair out. Yeah, he could have worn a wig, man. Come on. I heard this one has uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, though. Yeah, they were they were probably one of the best parts of the movie. Right? Yeah, I didn't even realize it was a, a wrestler. It was Seamus that played... Seamus. Uh, oh, no, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that played one of them throughout the whole movie. Like, I didn't realize who it was. And, uh, I mean, I'm not... I haven't been into wrestling in a while, but uh, I, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, it's better than the first one. It's, it's a good... Uh, you know, a good time at the movies. Take the kids. Yeah. And um, or, you know, I got to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of rewatches. Um, Deathgasm. You guys check out ever tech, check out Deathgasm. I uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I understand it's on Netflix now. 
Yes, check it out. I give this one an eight. Um, Just on the name alone. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> they're a heavy metal band. And oh. They, yeah, they get a they get a um, some kind of sheet music, and basically they summon demons. And okay. they spend yeah they spend the rest of the movie battling demons with weapons that I'm not gonna spoil it, but they get real creative on the weapons. Yeah, that's another that's another one of those New Zealand uh, kind of yes. horror comedy movies, kind of like what we do in the shadows, right? Yes, I give this one an eight. Fully recommend it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I'll watch and, that. Uh, Last rewatch I got was the Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition that just came out. Oh boy, dude, what did you um, think about that movie, man? Everybody gave it so much shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, one of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I liked it. I was disappointed though. Yeah, I, I went in expecting more. I do feel like they did some good things to move on forward with their shared universe they're building. Right. Yeah. But this, you know, this wasn't the home run that they that they wanted. I think there was just too much shit going on, man. They had like sixteen stories going at once. That, exactly. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good point. Real good. That's why point, the movie was so goddamn long, dude. If you're gonna make something that long, you may as well have made it a TV series and done like a Game of Thrones thing, because everybody loves Game of Thrones. But if it came out as a three hour movie, man, it would get shit on. I promise you. But I am uh, I am hopeful on the future. Uh, I still think Wonder Woman was the best part of this movie. Yeah, I thought so too. And uh, that, was, that was a cool little storyline. From what I'm understanding, we'll probably be getting a trailer for Wonder Woman here soon. Oh. And uh, I'm interested in the Batman movie with Ben Affleck directing. He hasn't let us down yet. He's he's gonna he's still gonna be Batman though, right? Yes. Yes, I'm I'm down with that, man. I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he pulls it off. Yeah, and uh, James Wan doing Aquaman. I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. Yeah. So, That's uh, uh, the guy that plays Cal Drogo. Uh, in, yeah, Jason, uh, Jason Momoa. Yes. Yeah. A okay, very, yeah, very, very different Aquaman than what we've seen in the past. That's for sure. And I've yeah. I've heard I've heard some good things coming from uh, their film in uh, Justice League, and I heard uh, oh, the Flash the, the the Flash is gonna from what I heard he's gonna pull a Quicksilver from X Men, okay, steal the show. Oh yeah, and have do a, the uh, slow mo yeah. thing. Yeah, I heard he's pretty much from his performance. They said he'll he'll probably be the the one that steals the movie, gets you know the best scenes. Yeah, so. as long as long as they don't show him uh, running in slow motion, playing uh, "Time in a Bottle" in the background, then I'll I'll say that's a little <laughs> a little too on the nose. <laughs> that was a cool scene in the X Men. That was a cool scene. Yeah. I, I like that one. I like the X Men movies though. Yeah, um, that's pretty much all I checked out. Man, you've been busy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of felt like the the last last uh, few shows I haven't really been checking out a lot, so. Well, I finally, uh, I finally decided to go ahead and and uh, and and, di- and dive into Preacher. I okay. saw, yeah, I've I've seen a total of four episodes now, and I'm loving it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I'm and and you know I can understand where people are coming from. A lot of folks are saying it's sort of a slow burn, and it's like what you know when the hell is something gonna happen? But yeah, I totally I, fell off. No, nah, I like I like I like the way they're doing that. I I have not read the the graphic novels. Full yeah. disclosure here, but I'm I'm enjoying the show quite a bit. I really like all the characters they've got. 
uh, just think they have a lot of really talented people in there. How how far did you get into it, Philip? Um, I you know I think I I got I want to say I watched at least the third episode. Okay, but I'm I may not have been fully paying attention to it. Right. And then instead of going back and rewatching it, I just quit watching it. <laughs> Well, the other the other thing that I watched this week, uh, I actually just watched it tonight, was a uh, a little small smaller budget masterpiece from 2011 uh, called Killer Joe. Yes, <laughs> uh, I've never seen it. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. It's uh, it's directed by William Friedkin, uh, the guy. Yeah, the same guy who actually directed The Exorcist and The French Connection. Really and uh, yeah, he's 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 been a pretty solid director. Almost everything I've seen of his, I've I've really enjoyed watching. But uh, now this one in particular, do you do you know do you guys know what this is the movie's about? Yes, I've seen it. Uh, no, Philip, you haven't seen it, right? Uh, uh-uh, I never cool. heard. Of it. All right, so I'm gonna tell you just enough to get you interested uh, to whet your appetite. So McConaughey plays a. Uh, uh, a Dallas police officer, just who who just happens to be a uh, killer for hire, huh. and uh, e- Emil Hirsch plays a. Uh, well, everybody in this movie's great. I mean, they just they. Dude, they, how do I not know about this? I love Matthew McConaughey and Emil Hirsch. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Emil Hirsch plays a uh, basically a dirtbag. Everyone in the movie's white trash. I mean, uh, Thomas Hayden Church is in it. Juno Temple, Gina Gershon. It's a great cast. Um, but uh, Emil Hirsch comes up with this crazy idea to have his mother killed by this dude, Killer Joe, that's uh, n- known to be able to get the job done, you know, relatively inexpensively and, you know, clean and get it over with. So anyway, he wants to cash in on mom's insurance policy. He's uh, He's gotten himself into a little bit of trouble with some organized criminals there. And, mm. uh, yeah, he owes them 6000 and he... He he uh they have him convinced they're gonna kill him for six thousand dollars. So it's a fifty thousand dollar insurance policy. Killer Joe's only gonna take twenty, that leaves thirty, so he's gonna split it with his dad and um and uh his dad's new wife. And uh huh. anyway, things things don't go quite as planned, shall we say? <laughs> well, if they did, yeah. it wouldn't have a movie. That's right. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, if we're if we're giving ratings tonight, this is a solid nine on ten. This was actually my favorite film of 2011, and uh, really? flew, yeah, it flew under the radar for a lot of people. Oh, so totally yeah, did. Killer Joe. Yeah. If you ever ever get a chance, I highly recommend it. Uh, what did what did you think about it, Brian? Yeah, I probably I probably give it a eight eight and a half nine somewhere around there. Wow, we get a we get a very very we get a very very creepy McConaughey in this one. Oh yeah, I think it's as a matter of fact. The reason that I decided to watch it tonight was uh, I kind of wanted to get a preview of what to expect in the Dark Tower movie. Yes, huh? which I've heard is uh, they've wrapped filming on that one. Man, they're they're really moving ahead, aren't they? Yes, they are. Cool. All right, guys. So as with every show, it's time to take a little trip to the trailer park. We take a look at the big, the small. And sometimes the very, very weird. Brian, what's our first new uh, trailer to talk about tonight? Okay, the first one we're going to talk about is Shelly. Shelly. Not known much about this. Uh, it's very intriguing. It's about, a, um, I guess a couple cannot have a baby, so they choose, or they ask this lady to uh, basically carry the baby for them. Okay. 
and a lot of stuff, creepy things start to happen to the woman physically. It's kind of got me intrigued to find out, you know, what's really going on. It's like super Rosemary's Baby. As a matter of fact, I think in the trailer it said uh, Rosemary's Baby meets David Fincher. Oh, man. No, I think it was Rosemary's Baby meets David Lynch. Oh, David Lynch. Okay, I'm sorry. I think so, yeah. And I I don't know. I mean, it looked looked pretty interesting. I mean, I'm definitely curious to see what what it's going to be about. I I certainly didn't recognize anyone that I that I yeah. that I saw in the uh trailer. I believe yeah, this no. is a, a a Danish horror film. Okay. Oh, so I don't yeah, sense. I I also I don't recognize anybody. I'm looking at the the cast and so have not are, heard of anybody. So are there subtitles or is it uh in English, I think, you know? I think it's in full English. Okay. Yeah, it's in English. Got a Danish feel to it. I say as if I knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, from what I've seen, this movie's already been released in uh, Denmark and Berlin, so I, I don't know when it's going to get a release date here in the United States. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. What do you What do you think, Philip? Yeah, I mean, I it's hard to give that one one way or the other. You know, I saw the preview and was like, oh. Well, you know, I'd watch it if it was on Netflix or something. I probably wouldn't sure. like go to the theater to see it, though. Yeah, same here. I, I would agree with that. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. It looks it looks like it has some creepy elements. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I just don't really recognize the director, don't recognize any of the actors, so uh and it and it seemed like there was a lot of imagery that on the trailer that was just kind of flashed at you really fast. Yeah, it right. kind of seemed yeah. like they didn't really want to give anything away. Seemed that it was way. Really dark. The whole thing was really dark. I couldn't see anything. I had to like stress. <laughs> right. I think one that everybody's uh, kind of looking forward to: uh, Ash versus Evil Dead season two. Yes, <laughs> I think Dude, you're correct. That was maybe the greatest two and a half minutes of my life. That was so <laughs> fucking cool, and I cannot believe I haven't seen this show yet. It makes me mad. That's that is on the tip top of my list. I'm probably gonna go watch it after this. Yes, you you got to get on it. Uh, the one yeah. thing that had me worried for during season one was I I, I didn't under, I didn't know if they were going to be able to continue this. But uh, watching this trailer uh, changed my mind. Oh yeah, that was it. Looked like Army of Darkness, you know, <laughs> little bits and pieces from it. And if they moved Army of Darkness into now, that's what it would be. It looks super cool. Right, makes sense. What'd you guys think about that uh, that beginning part where he's partying it up and uh, that chainsaw comes in pretty handy at the keg party, huh? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you talk about a conversation piece. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, Philip, you you really should uh, check this out as soon as you can. Uh, season two uh, is coming out in October. Yeah, I'll I'll have the first season killed as soon as I get a day off. Yeah, man, it's only it's only thirty minute thirty minute episodes. So what it what is it thir- thirteen, Brian, or do you remember ten thirteen? Um, it, like it might be ten. 10 oh, it's only thirty minute episode. Yeah. Oh man, I thought if it was on stars or whatever that it would be longer. Yeah, it's a, it's only it's only a half hour a throw, man. And I huh. think I'm um, pretty sure that Brian's right that it's ten. It sounds about right. So, yeah, dude, you can get through that in a in an afternoon, you know. Yeah, easy. Well, I'll do it. I'll let you know the next time we talk. I I had made a little change to our trailers here. Uh, the one that I took off the list, we can go ahead and talk about it if you guys have seen it. 
I ain't interested in this movie. Uh, the girl on the train. Yeah, well, it's not like really horror-y. Yeah, I've, I picked this one originally because I had heard it was more like Gone Girl. Yes, uh-huh. I, I heard that the book had that vibe to it. I believe uh, Ammon over at uh, Bingecast right? had talked about the book one time, and it, it kind of sure. had me intrigued. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, okay. I think Jim, Jim Law had talked about it as well. And uh, the book, from what I understand, the the casting is horrible because the, really? the yeah the protagonist in the book is apparently a really overweight homely lady and you know of course uh, they get these really gorgeous stars to portray yeah. everybody in the trailer I, my wife will like it it's it's a one of the it, it's the one out of 100 horror movies per year she'll actually watch with me because hmm. it kind of had, had kind of that Fifty Shades of Grey feel to it you know what you just read my mind i kind of felt like i was if they Took a little ele- couple elements out of Gone Girl, right, and then some elements out of the Fifty Gray, Fifty Shades of Grey trailer, and put them together. Yeah, that's, that's what it kind of, and it just kind of, I didn't, I don't want to watch it. I had the, uh, I felt like, uh, do you remember that movie Unfaithful? I don't know who was it, in it. Had kind of, you know what, dude? I couldn't even tell you who was in it, so I probably shouldn't even <laughs> brought it up, but. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was a pretty decent movie. Y'all talk about something, give me a minute, I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> hey, Lance, uh, watching the trailer, are you uh, are you interested in this movie? Personally, no, but I think AJ would enjoy it. And there's, there's very few uh, movies that we watch together because doing this horror podcast and my wife being an absolute chicken shit, uh, it's not a real good combination for that. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I, I I think I'll end up watching the movie for sure. I'd I'd really I'd really like to read the book. I just don't have time to read as much these days as I'd like to have, you know? Yeah. Um as far as my wife, she probably won't watch it. She didn't really care for Gone Girl. Right. And she refuses to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Man, you you've got the one, huh? Yeah. She doesn't care to read the book, the movie, nothing. Wow. Well so. it got it got too much buzz, and now people start hating on it. Yeah. Yeah, hey, so, who, yeah. who needs the movie Unfaithful. buying it when, when you can act it out at home, you know? True, well, true. true. Get your wife to read the book, I'm telling you. I'm just, just do it. Okay, she, Unfaithful it, had <laughs> Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've seen that. I remember yeah, that I mean, one. it came out in 2002, but it was like one of those super sexy cheating thriller things. And uh, I think we'll just move on from that one. It doesn't sound like anybody's yeah. really interested in that one. No. All right. Yeah, we had a whole little conversation about it that didn't really mean anything, did we? <laughs> Could, consider <laughs> gonna, it covered. Gonna, yeah, going to quickly move on to a bonus trailer that just dropped right before we started uh, recording is sequel to The Blair Witch. Now, wait what? a minute. Uh, no I thought you said The rich. Woods, and if I remember it's correctly, we did The Woods a couple Project. weeks ago. Yes. Project Blair Witch. Pro- what the fuck was the second one? I don't know. I was stupid. Uh, this, um, from I guess we'll just forget about the se- the original sequel to The Blair Witch. This one is it, supposed to be the true sequel. Oh, they just um, didn't even count it. Yeah, um, this, uh, like like Lance said, we had uh, reviewed this trailer a, a while back uh, called The Woods from Adam Wingard, but it was really uh, secretly, they were secretly filming uh, the sequel to uh, Blair Witch, 
So no shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I like I was telling you guys, Wingard's one of my favorite current horror directors. Yes, I've enjoyed everything he's done so far. You know what? The Blair Witch was another one that had a whole lot of buzz behind it. And, right. Uh, so there were a lot of people that hated on it. But I thought that that movie was super scary when it came out, man. It brought a whole new genre into horror movies. Yeah, this one's still scheduled to be released in uh, September, September 16th. Um, I'm definitely going. Oh, for sure. I, I enjoyed the yes. first one. I heard it's basically Adam Wingard is doing right. a Blair Witch movie. I'm I'm sold. Now is this yeah. gonna is it gonna be found footage? Um, from the trailer, it looks like there there is a little bit of found footage. Okay, but I I don't think um, throughout the movie it is. Yeah, I don't I don't think I got really that impression. But okay, so when we watched the trailer the first time, what did all three of us say? Like, what the fuck is going on here? They're right. making a big deal That's out of this right. movie, and it looks fucking stupid. Yep. And now that they, they finally were like, oh, hey, yeah, it's a Blair Witch sequel. We're like, oh, okay, I can see that. That's kind of cool. Right now now we know. Because <laughs> that was cool, my man. thought, too, man. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm totally yeah, I, in. I get really excited when they, when they uh, film these movies, and they um, kind of give it like a, a secret code name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, just like a, a a movie I forgot to talk about um in highlights that I've seen this week, I just now remember it. Thinking about this, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, that that's the one I was thinking of for sure. Yeah, this was uh, filmed under a different name. I, I forgot the name, but it had nothing to do with Cloverfield. Right. Yeah. And so they were able to film it without anything getting out. Yeah, it's called like the basement or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Which, a uh, quick well, see, rating on that one, um, I give that uh, a seven and a half. Man, you've had, a, you've had a good week. Too, man. Yes. Yeah, because, and I still get people that are like, wait, is that the sequel? Is that Cloverfield? What? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. But it's sort of its own standalone movie. Yeah, it's a standalone right. movie, but it's happening in right, the same. Right, in the Cloverfield Con- world. Yeah. My understand well, I think it's a different time timeline, but my understanding, Brian, is that you don't really know there's nothing to give it away that they're tied together until like the final thirty seconds of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Is that correct? Actually I would say like the last five, ten minutes of the movie, really? actually. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. I I would go check it out. That when you see when you see what I'm talking about, you kind of put the pieces together. But uh, back to the Blair Witch, um yeah, I like I like how they they kept this under wraps and re- actually released the trailer as a different movie. They just yeah. took all the nece- necessary scenes out that you wouldn't think it was a witch movie or a Blair Witch movie. When is it supposed to come out? September sixteenth. All right, okay, we'll be good. there, then guys. They, then they didn't they didn't pull this little stunt too early, so I think that was smart on their part. Yeah, leave yes. leave it up to Comic Con weekend, huh? Yep. Speaking yep. of Comic Con weekend. Something tells me we may have one or two headlines this week. So, uh, I'm trying to get as much horror stuff as I can from Comic Con. It's, uh, we'll probably in the next, uh, in the next few weeks, we'll probably get more, more right. news. But, uh, you guys, uh, check out, ever check out Bates Motel, the TV show? Yeah. I watched the first couple of seasons of it. It wasn't bad. I was kind of wondering how in the hell they were going to keep going, though. Well, uh, you check it out, Lance? I uh, <laughs> I saw the first episode and I, I threw in the towel, man. Okay. That's a slow burner too. Yes, definitely. I I, I enjoy it. 
I agree with Philip. It's a slow burn. Right. Um, it was announced, uh, I believe today, that uh, next season will be the final season. And they've just casted uh, Rihanna. What? To play, um, yes, to play, uh, I believe, uh, what was her name in Psycho? Marion Page. Okay. The iconic guest from uh, Psycho. Oh, sure. Okay. So. Well, that's I really a bit of a think twist. that they should stop giving Rihanna movie roles. I don't agree with that you, at you, all. You, 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 didn't, you didn't enjoy her in Battleship? It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Thanks. And then Thanks ho- for reminding me. Okay. I, it, people with kids will understand. All right. Home. That's that uh, animated movie with the little alien, yes, I, the guy movie from uh, horrible, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> it had that guy Sheldon from uh, uh, what's that show? Oh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and well, but the whole fucking movie was the same character that Sheldon plays, and then mm-hmm. at, like a preview for Rihanna's album. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, this seems just like. They're trying. They're trying to get uh, viewers. Yeah, it's an iconic character from Psycho. Right. So yeah, put know. some buzz behind it. You kind of got to get somebody famous to play that part, I suppose. Yeah. So um, next season will be the final season. So if anybody wants, if anybody's still watching it, uh, or if they're uh, not caught up, get caught up because uh, that'll be it after that. So how many seasons did that show run, Brian? Uh, next season will be the fifth. Wow, not not too bad. Current with it, I um, I think I'm in the middle of season three. Yeah, see, I kind of stopped there around there. Yeah, like like you said earlier, it's it's a slow burn. So I just kind of you know when I get a chance, I put it on. It's not something you can kind of just binge through. Yeah, and it's like a, I mean, how much drama can happen in, in this one little bitty ass community? I mean, he was a serial killer, but not like fucking Ted Bundy style where he killed everybody, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah, I think I think that's where it kind of takes me out of the show because they try to make the, the the town, you know, full of like wacky people. Right. You know, and there the, is. It's totally full of wacky people. I'm like, well, I understand why this dude's killing everybody. But it's just it's just times when I'm just like, you know, I want more of Norman Bates in the mm-hmm. motel. But then, you know, we're dealing with like the the organized crime that's going on in the city and the town and corrupt cops and kind of sometimes feel like it's, you know, a different show than what it's supposed to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's got like his pretty boy brother. Yeah. He's got some shit going. (laughs) Yeah. That guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get caught up, you know, right. I, I I would like to see how they, how they do this. Uh, I'm assuming the shower scene from psycho. It's cool how they roll it into that movie, though, like to actually run all the way into Psycho instead of just being a, a complete prequel. And uh, I believe um, I'm, he's his name's uh, I'm forgetting his name. The the one that plays Norman Bates, uh, I, I guess he will be uh, directing a couple episodes next season, too. He's going to be like moving to directing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a little bit older than that. Freddie, Freddie, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but he, he, uh, from what I've read, a, a few of the cast members are, are going to be directing some episodes in the final season. Right. Uh, moving on to our next, uh, Comic-Con news. Uh, you guys check out any of the 
trailers for uh, any of the Marvel TV shows? Yeah, um, they dropped a t- uh, trailer for Luke Cage. I don't know if you guys have checked out uh, Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, I am uh, very. I'm very interested in the Luke Cage uh, series. Yeah, me, yeah, I me too. I like. I like the uh, what I saw in the trailer. And they There's also random ass Marvel characters. Yeah, but it works for Netflix because they're like street oh, yeah. level, street level heroes. Yeah. yeah. And they also uh, a couple of other teasers they dropped was uh, one for Iron Fist, and then another one was for the Defenders, which will be Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil, and possibly the Punisher, all in one series. Okay. Yeah, you throw the Punisher in the mix, and now we're talking. Well, that pu- so. that Punisher character was uh, was so well well received that uh, that they I, my understanding is they didn't intend to actually have his have him have his own series, but because of the popularity, yeah. they they said, "Hey, there's no way we can't do this," you know. Yeah, what was the actor John Bernthal? Yeah, John Bernthal. John Bernthal from uh, The Walking Dead, first couple yeah, of seasons of that. Yeah, he's excellent in that in that series. He he was made for that role. Yeah, you've you've seen all those, right, Philip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen where the, I haven't seen the Daredevil stuff with the Punisher and all that. No, I haven't, I haven't actually seen any of that. I know. Here, I mean, I, like kidding? I know about it, but I haven't actually seen it. I started watching Daredevil, and I haven't got all the way through it. There's too much stuff to watch, man. There, I can't argue with you on that. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, as far as like the Marvel Netflix shows, they've got the best villains out of the whole shared universe right. that they're doing. It sounds like they've got the best stories. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, as far as the movies go, which the TV, the Netflix shows and the movies are connected. Yeah. As far as the movies go, I mean, Loki and who else? I mean, really. Right. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the the Marvel movies. There's just, you know, in my opinion, they're just too big budget. They're, you know, a lot of sizzle, not so, not so much substance, maybe. That's just my opinion. And then the DC stuff on CW, I was really enjoying it. But then when they decided to go with two, three, and now four series, where you got to watch all four of them to keep up with the storylines, I'm like, you know. You you know what, about those, you know what it is for me? I mean, I'm still watching and I enjoy it. Right. But their seasons are too long. No shit. 23 episodes per season. And they got like, like you said, like four shows now. Right. That's a that's a lot of watching. Yeah, no, I I think yeah. I think the Netflix Marvel stuff, guys, is 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 spot on. I think yeah. that's the way to do it. Another teaser they dropped. Uh, we had talked about uh, the rumors of uh, Ghost Rider being on Agents of Shield. Uh, I saw that teaser, man. Yeah, it's confirmed. They also just uh, revealed his uh, car at Comic Con. <laughs> He's on Agents of Shield. Is he supposed to get a spinoff? Um, I think he's just he might be just a recurring character on the on the show. Man, I wish they would get a a Ghost Rider series going and do it right. It yeah, sounds scary because um, you know Nick Cage fucked that whole thing up. But <laughs> who, who those plays... are two of the I like everything, and those are two of the most awful movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like the second one because it's like, like to throw it in a fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm... I, I I like the second one because it's like they let Nick Cage just be. Wacky Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't comment too much on that. I, I I like the first one a little bit. I I didn't. I thought the second one was 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 way off base. But 
Now that now that you mentioned, I mean that sometimes it is kind of fun just to sit back and 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 watch Nick Cage do his thing, you know. Is that Ghost Rider? I don't know. He thinks he is. Let's just go with it. <laughs> Ghost Rider. I'm Ghost Rider, yeah. and I'm just crazy. <laughs> yeah, they haven't said a, an actor playing him, but I, I know um, his name's not uh, coming to me from uh, Walking Dead. Daryl. Actor oh, Norman yeah? Reedus. Norman oh, Reedus. Has ex- he's expressed uh, wanting to play off. him. You may as well just call it right now. That's a spinoff. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I don't know if he would work on a network show, though, because he wanted to do Ghost Rider as a Netflix series. Right. And a couple more trailers for TV shows that dropped at Comic-Con was uh, one for uh, the second half of season two for Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know if you guys have checked this one out. I'm not caught up with Fear of the Walking Dead, so I didn't watch the trailer for the for the second half of the season. Well, I'm I'm the target audience for this trailer. Okay. Yeah, because I'm all caught up and, and, and I'm really enjoying the show. Yeah. And uh yeah, this this angle did did you see the did you see the the trailer at all uh Philip? No, I haven't seen it. So this is The Walking Dead and Tijuana. <laughs> okay. Yeah, The Walking Dead in Mexico. I I like that angle. I mean, I I think it's pretty cool to expand the universe out and show you what's going on in in different places around the world. Yeah. But what's so is really it like a party all the time? You know what's really cool about it is that um I got a, a a, a real serious Robert Rodriguez vibe from it, like a Dust Till Dawn vibe. And so, oh, you, wow. yeah, you had a lot of like uh, bandito type characters that were sort of like, I mean, it was like th- this type of situation, they were ready for it because they were, they were people who were hardened already. And so mm-hmm. they're thriving in, in this at, at this point. So it's going to be kind of interesting. It, it's, it's not really like what you see with Rick and, and those characters, you know, where you got these little pockets of bad guys. Negan yeah. may be another story, but up till now you've had just little pockets of bad guys here and there. No, this seems yeah. like it's really organized. So there's going to be a very real human threat, uh, you know, that's a little bit different from what we've seen on the regular Walking Dead show. But it's got the same characters, right? Yeah, it does, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really enjoying both series, guys. Like I've watched it. I'm up to date on it, but man, it doesn't pull me in like The Walking Dead does. Like I'm still not. 100% sold on it. I'm I'm kind of just watching it on autopilot. Yeah, speaking of The Walking Dead, they just dropped the trailer for the new season. Didn't reveal oh, much, I heard about did that. it? Um, a couple of few, uh, new characters, which um, I don't... Uh, you guys are reading the comic books, or you have read the comic books? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, 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 I'm way ahead of everything that they showed in, the, in this trailer, for sure. Okay, okay uh, tell I'm, me a little I'm, bit about... Um, King Ezekiel. Well, that's a uh, a character who basically runs one of these little uh, villages. It's called the Kingdom. Yeah. And you noticed toward the end, are you you guys are caught up on Walking Dead. Pretty much. Okay. So you, yeah. You notice toward the end, the guys that were on horseback, basically wearing um, put together armor that they oh, that they put right. on. Right. Yeah. yeah. I heard him talking about that. That that's the Kingdom. It's kind of like a medieval type of arrangement. And uh, he's actually the king. And uh, you, you kind of noticed he had a little pet there that he likes to keep by him. Yeah, Shiva the tiger. He's a really interesting character. So you, you guys are going to enjoy this season, I think. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so the release dates on those is uh, Fear the Walking Dead is August 21st. And the new season of Walking Dead is uh, October 23rd. 
Awesome. Can't wait. And one more small news item. Uh, we really don't really need to talk a lot about it because uh, none of us got a chance to see the movie. Uh, Lights Out came out today, and um, they're already talking about a sequel. Oh, shit. Because uh, from what I understand, there's uh, a lot of good buzz behind this movie. I still want to yeah. see it, man. The mo- the preview looked creepy as shit. So, Everybody's um, like, no, that's stupid. I'm like, man, that looks scary. So we'll probably... Uh, We'll probably revisit this uh, after uh, we get to watch it. So, all right, cool. I'm, um, I'm so sure. that is. I'm sure one ahead. of us will. That is all the news I have for this show. All right, cool. So you guys ready to go where no one's gone before? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, so we'll move on to tonight's featured attraction, uh, Star Trek Beyond, and then we're going to get stranded again, uh, or fall from the sky again, as it were, with uh, 1985's Enemy Mine. So, as always, we'll start with trivia. Uh, the new movie first, which is Star Trek Beyond, is directed by Justin Lin. He is known for Better Luck Tomorrow, uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise, and a few episodes of HBO's True Detective. The script was written by Simon Pegg. Everybody knows him. He's known primarily for his acting. But actually, when I was looking up his uh, credits, guys, he has a really impressive body of film writing already under his belt. Uh, were you Were you guys aware of this? Yes, no. I was. I not you know what I, I was comedy guy. I wasn't at all, and he had, he had actually co-written all of the Cornetto trilogy movies with Edgar Wright, and he actually wrote the uh, the uh, screenplay for Run Fat Boy Run, and also Paul. Uh, he he shared writing credits with Doug Jung, who's done a lot of TV work. Uh, Philip, what what do you know about uh, Peg's writing? Uh, man, I knew that he was uh, he 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 played a big part in like directing all of the movies that he's been in. But I mean, those are mostly like comedy things, right? A lot like, of I comedy. Had no right? idea. Yeah, I had no idea he was a writer on Star Trek. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, man. Um, it it opened my eyes when I read when I read that. Um, but we'll definitely talk about the comedy angle quite a bit later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in August 2014, this was announced that uh, Paramount Pictures had pushed back the film's release in time for the 50th anniversary. Uh, so they wanted to coincide it with uh, Star Trek 50, which is this year. And uh, it was like basically the 50th anniversary of the premiere of the original series. This film takes place uh, three years after Star Trek Into Darkness. So it, so they're on their third year into the five-year mission. Justin okay. Lin took the directing job of the third film, and he beat out some pretty big names. Speaking of uh, Edgar Wright, he was actually in the running for this. So he didn't get Ant-Man, he didn't get this. Kind of makes you wonder what he's got coming up. Uh, they also considered uh, Rupert Wyatt, uh, Morton Tildum, Daniel Espinosa, and uh, Mr. Warcraft himself, Duncan Jones. He probably wishes he'd pick this one instead. I would imagine. Uh, Simon Pegg identified the space station as Starbase Yorktown. Yorktown was the original name of the starship in Gene Roddenberry's early script treatments for the original Star Trek series before the name was changed to Enterprise. So that's where that came from. Uh, and Philip, you, you didn't check this one out yet, right? 
No, I didn't get a chance to watch it, man, and I'm super pissed off about that because I really wanted to see this movie. Well, lucky for you, we are a non-spoiler podcast when it comes to the new release, <laughs> so we will be gentle with you. Yeah, I think we probably both have a lot to say about this one. Uh, Brian, what what did you think, my friend? I love this movie. <laughs> I think this is, as far as the new movies, this is the most Star Trek, Star Trek-y movie that we've gotten. If Simon Pegg is writing these movies, I want him to write more. I want him to do the next one and the next one after that. Um, the, uh, the casting is spot on. I love uh, Carl Urban as Bones. Couldn't agree with you more. He might have been one of my favorite uh, parts of this movie. From the watching the first trailer when they played the Beastie Boys... Uh, song it kind of had me a little worried because especially with just uh justin lynn right um on the movie i i, I didn't know if this was going to be a sci-fi movie i thought it was going to be an action movie yeah more action packed well it, yeah it, um, it was it absolutely was it, it was action packed but it was definitely a sci-fi movie no doubt like i said i love well, this movie how else do you do it man that's that's a pretty good combination Lance, how did you feel about this movie? This uh, this movie to me was uh, uh, way I would describe it as the best of both worlds, and and that's that's going back to a, that's referencing a Next Generation double episode, by the way. But um, yeah, this this was like proving that you absolutely this movie I think should prove to all the Star Trek geeks out there, the purest, that it is possible to combine a serious. Uh, action movie that's designed for the masses to watch and enjoy, along with a nice cerebral Star Trek philosophy, you know, film that that tells you exactly what Roddenberry's original vision was, and it sticks to it. You basically got a beautiful film as far as special effects. You've got all kinds of action. You've got you know literally a roller coaster ride of a movie from start to finish. I don't think there was a dull moment in this thing. I could have gone back into the theater and watched this thing twice more without, you know, without having any problem. Absolutely. Wow. The uh, well, Lance, I know you're a big Trekkie. Were you a fan of the uh, the rest of the newer movies in the series? Oh yeah. I mean, I I have to be. I I think that the uh, the first one was great because it really spoke to the fans quite a bit. Um, yeah. Some some might call that pandering, but I really enjoyed it. The second one was good. I thought it was a little bit, you know, heavy handed with trying to stick, you know, too much to the uh, Wrath of Khan movie storyline. Right. But yeah, this I, I would agree. This is easily the best of the three. The uh, again, the marriage of and you got to understand, you know, they're they're in business to make money on these movies, so they definitely yeah. want the maximum number of people possible to enjoy it and get it. So they did really good with putting the action in there, but I think that they uh, that they were able to pull off the, the the prime directive and the philosophy of infinite diversity and infinite combinations and inclusion, you know, acceptance of other cultures and acceptance of other races. Really stick to Roddenberry's vision on this and, and not lose sight of that. And I think it was really brilliant the way they put all that stuff together and, and, and everything came out, I think, working perfectly. The acting, as 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 uh, Brian mentioned, was, 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 as you said, Brian, spot on. There's no other way to put it. To me, the standout in this particular film, the guy who had not quite sold me up until this one was Chris Pine. And in this movie, really? 
Chris Pine has absolutely become James T. Kirk. And there was a scene early on in the movie, and uh, it it involved if, if fans of the original series. Every other episode, Captain Kirk was was having his shirt ripped to kind of show off his abs and his chest and everything. Uh, uh-huh. There's a scene really, really early on this that harkens back to that in a very funny way, and <laughs> that that's another thing about the uh, the script writing here, the screenwriting. I think with the fact that you've got a primarily you know comedy writer doing half the writing doing half the heavy lifting on this thing um i mean the comedy in this thing was brilliant Uh, wouldn't you agree brian absolutely i mean we get comedy from is see this is really hard not to spoil it we we get comedy from characters you know we wouldn't expect it and it worked and it worked you know yeah my my theater my theater was laughing out loud yeah, it That's never cool. it never got silly and it never got to be stupid comedy. It was it was it was always extremely clever and it was tied but you have to have comic relief. Well, and it was and, and the and the jokes were tied perfectly to the character that was delivering them, you know? Yes. And they were I think anyone who went into a film like this that doesn't know anything about Star Trek is gonna have a hell of a good time. But I think if you have the background there's going to be so much more to it that you're going to get that uh, that it's just going to add a lot a lot more even to it than that. My mom is as much of a Trekkie as you are. I'm I'm probably more of a Star Wars person, but I have seen all the Star Trek series and and have watched every episode and uh, and every movie. Some of it I don't quite remember. The stuff that I do, I feel like this new series hits on it a lot better. You know. Than, uh, than like the next generation movies that they had before. Yeah, it's it's very well done, and um, they I <laughs> we're not going to go into any spoilers as we love to say around here, right, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> we have to. Say, it seems like we have to say it's that every so hard. every so five hard. minutes. The new characters, crawl the villain, uh-huh. easily, easily one of the top. And I've only seen this movie once. But but I've seen every single, just like you, Philip. I've seen every single episode of every show ever and every film as well. I I have no problem saying Crawl is one of the top three Trek villains of all time. So yeah. he, but he's totally new though, right? He's not like a throwback. totally new, totally new. That's never true. never seen before in any of the prior uh, series. Yeah, Idris Elba did a fantastic job. If you know, if you didn't know, if they left his name out of the credits, you wouldn't even know that was him. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to, I'm going to say this right now if he's not nominated for at least a a uh, some kind of academy award at, at least supporting actor it's going to be criminal. You think they're going to throw a Star Trek movie in the You know what Philip that was my first thought but then the more I look back and thought about it I think we're ready for it. I really do. I mean th- yeah. Th- this yeah <laughs> If you if you could see some of the changes that he went through in his expressiveness and the way he that he spoke and how he carried himself and the changes that came about in his character because Brian safe to say his character changed quite a bit from the beginning toward the end of the movie a lot of, a lot of different things happened to him absolutely and he wouldn't you say he pulled it all off yep <laughs> like I said fantastic job um, I'm seeing it this weekend man. Also, a fantastic job from um, Sophia Botella. You're talking about uh, Jayla? Jayla. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. 
people, if you don't recognize her, she was in Kingsman, the girl with the with the legs, the razor oh, legs. Or, yeah. And she is in a movie we had uh, talked about before, upcoming uh, The Mummy, where she's playing The Mummy. I'm really digging her in every movie I've seen so far, so... So you know what I, I, you know what makes me feel good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what 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 fills me with some hope for the future for you know for our our kids and our grandkids and you know etc. So you've got Sophia Batella playing this part, a very powerful you know strong empowered woman. That was this year. You had Ray in Star Wars uh, come out toward the end of last year, and you guys said it yourself. The best part of. Uh, Batman v Superman was Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really like this, you know, concept of female empowerment and, and equality that's that's coming out in films lately. <laughs> I, I really think I really think that it's that it's a good thing, man. Because you know, I've got two granddaughters, six and eleven years old, and I want them to feel like they can do anything they want to do. You know. Oh, absolutely. My um, my sixteen year old, uh, she's uh, currently away at military academy. Um, nice. She's made the de- she's made the decision to uh, go to the Air Force as soon as she's old enough. Awesome! And cool. you know, I always tell her, you know, whatever you choose to do, you know, you can do it. You know, and I, I fully agree with what you're saying with you know these empowered uh, female characters in these movies. You know, I love it. You never would yeah. have seen that in the in the '60s Star Trek. Okay, well that leads me to another question. I'd heard um, some rumors about they were going to make uh, Sulu gay. Like obviously gay, in in the movie is that this movie or is they they're talking about upcoming stuff? That that's the next point right there, Brian. You want to cover that one? Yeah, um, this is not really a spoiler. It's been confirmed. He is yeah. he is gay in this movie. It's see, not outright that they show it, but you 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 see the uh, minor spoiler. You see that he is gay. Yeah, that's and, that's not a spoiler. Yeah. That's been in the news for for two weeks. Yeah, well, I don't want to. I don't want to give away the scene and how it played out, but right, you understand and that his character's gay. Sure, everybody got all up in arms about that, and I'm like, man, well, it's that, it's what Star Trek's about. Yeah, it was more so. I believe it was more so. Um, oh, you talk, spacing. I'm spacing on names today. You talk. You talking about the ori- the original actor, George, George Takai. Yeah, George. Takai. Yeah, yeah right. he was against it. How do you he, say that? I think it's Takai. Well, it's Japanese, and none of us are Japanese, so we get a pass on this one. I agree. Um, yeah. He he came out and he was against it. Really? Because yeah, because he felt like they were doing it because he he was gay in real oh, life, but you. he was saying yeah. my character's not, yeah. and that's not how my character was written. Right. And um, I mean, it doesn't bother me. No, not at all. It's I think it's yeah. over. It's overdue. I mean, I think that's kind of if you if aside from trying to take notes from the original and uh, and and keeping everything exactly the same way. So I see where people get are, are upset about that part. But like I said, isn't this the whole point of Star Trek? Absolutely, I mean, man. The diversity and the accepting of others. Yep. You know, In, no matter infinite who they diversity are. and infinite combinations. That was originally a Vulcan concept. And uh-huh. the Federation, the United Federation of Planets, has basically adopted that as their as their tagline. Yeah, and, and they were doing that in the seventies, man. And, and and you know it, it does it doesn't it doesn't change the character for me. Not at all. You know, especially in these newer movies, uh, Sulu's a badass in these newer movies. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's the only way they could have done it. If it changed the character, then it would then it would be bad. And uh, we get a little bit of uh, we get a little bit more Chekhov in this movie, which was very interesting mm-hmm. because I I had noticed watching the trailers he is I don't think he's in any of the trailers. That's interesting. Well, you kind of forget he's in the movies. I mean, he's kind of a backup character. Sure. Well, he always he always was kind of a because they have what like basically seven major characters. You know, you've yeah. got the trinity of uh, you know Bones, Spock, and and Kirk, of course, and then you got what uh, Uhura, uh, Sulu, Chekhov, and uh, who, who am I missing here? Scotty. 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 There you go. Scotty. There you go. So I mean, he was he always was like the police? sixth or seventh wheel anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that too, Brian. I wonder if any of that was done in post production to try to give him a little more, a little bit more respect. Yeah, and from uh, what I'm understanding, they're not re- they're not going to replace the character uh, since An- Anton died. So I don't I don't I don't know if they're not going to have him on in further movies. But they had said they no. that they are not replacing him to honor him. Let me let me ask you this: how how would you feel if they did do another Star Trek movie with this crew, but instead of having him on board, uh, they had uh, Jayla on there? I think that's where they might go. I think that'd be badass, dude. <laughs> I really, I, I really hope this is not her only time in a Star Trek movie. Right. I hope this. I hope it's not a one and done. Well, it, it remains to be seen. You know. Yeah, I, I, I want her. I want to see her part of the crew. Right. In the next movie, so. Well, one one thing that happened early in the film, and I think that it's been in all the previews and been talked about and everything, but. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the basic premise is that they respond to a distress call and they're surrounded by uh, what I, I, I refer to them as a hive. I think someone called them bees or something like that. All the the small uh, ships that had like uh, I think they were manned by two people each. Yeah. What, what did you think about the effects on that? It was amazing. I, I mean, this I'm going to say it again. I don't want to give any spoilers. But watching it on the screen was amazing. Their their whole attack on everything. Right. I'm really choosing my words carefully. I I, I really dug this movie. Did you just hit in 3D or like what what should we do here? Um, I I saw a uh, regular. I I don't really go 3D, so I don't know. If, uh, Lance, did yeah. you see it in 3D? Yeah, I, I'm. I typically avoid the 3D films, but I think uh, I think I am gonna go rewatch this one in 3D this week. You think it'd be better in 3D or, or um, standard? I, I don't know. There, there, I could definitely see where the 3D would be pretty awesome on it, no doubt. Huh. Yeah. Now that now I'll that we're talking that. about how how the uh, as you put it, the hive, right? How how they were flying around. I I can pro- I can see how that would look pretty cool in 3D. Yeah, I sort of steer clear from them too, but I mean, on some movies, hey, 3D is pretty cool. Yeah. For example, Avatar. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, That's if it's if it's immersive like that, it, I I try to avoid 3D guys because it it gets kind of gimmicky sometimes. Yeah, if exactly. it's immersive like that, which I you can tell from watching this one, Brian, it definitely would be right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said earlier, the the casting is just I think it's spot on with everybody. Oh no doubt, everybody's coming into their own. It, it was it was almost like watching the original uh, cast. Really, it was kind of eerie. But I like, but I. I'm gonna still say Carl Urban is my favorite in this. He, I think he has Leonard McCoy down perfectly. No, no kidding, man. I think I think he's channeling. He's cool I think he's channeling him somehow. You know, 
But um, let me ask you this about the about the bees, as they called them, or, or the hive, as I call it. Brian, did you did you find any similarities to the Borg? Um, I'm not really familiar with uh, that part of Star Trek, so okay. Well, they're I a, really answer that. Borg is primarily a next generation villain, and uh-huh. uh, basically what they do is they go and absorb whatever they come in contact with and make it into okay. like a uh, collective mind. The yeah, now that, badass enemy, man. Yeah, now that you're explaining it, it it, it could be a shout out to that. Want to get into ratings or? Uh... Well, I you know what, guys, I I would say that my takeaway on this is that uh, again, I mean, it's like who who says you can't have a badass action movie and and also have it be cerebral and appeal to the to the geeks, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I did want to mention one other thing uh, real quick. Uh, the space station, the special effects with that and the way they had all that set up. I don't know about you, man, but I was blown away by that. The special effects throughout the movie was amazing. Yeah, and they actually spent like $50 million less on this one than the second one. Can you believe that? No, not really, because I kind of felt like... Like, usually I'm not really too big on movies with a lot of CG, but it was done very well in this movie. I couldn't tell where any CG was, to be honest with you. I'm so pissed off I didn't see this fucking movie, man. Uh, so, Lance, uh, what's your rating on this one? Oh, rating, man? Uh, this is an easy 9 on 10. I mean, it had it had all the elements I was looking for. I could see this is going to be in my top two or three for the year. For sure. Um, so far, it's my favorite film of the year. How about you? I'm also going to give it a nine. I was blown away by this movie. A little underwhelmed from the second uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I, I think a lot, uh, a lot of people were. I, I was more so. The only reason I was underwhelmed is because so much got out about the Khan character. Mm-hmm. How it's not supposed to be Khan, but clearly, you know, it was. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, this by far is my favorite one out of out of the three and i'm gonna give it a nine nine out of ten um i'm just i was just gonna say you know i'm really excited for the future of this franchise good deal man i am too so so since we're talking a lot tonight about uh rating films uh how how would you rate the three films as far as uh numbers um the first one i I would probably give it an eight i really enjoyed it i really did Second one, I didn't enjoy it as much, but I still liked it. I give that a seven, and of course, uh, the new one, I give it a nine. All right, so we're real close. I, I would give the first one an eight, and I would give the second one seven point five, and this one's the nine. See, I think I'd probably give both the first two an eight and a half. Man, I really, really <laughs> enjoyed Into Darkness. All right, like, I'm ta- I watched that movie like three times, man. <laughs> you know what? Uh, when we get done here, I'm gonna pop it in. I'm gonna check it out one more time. That's a good idea, and I hey, and I think we need to when we get done here, Philip. You need to go down and find a midnight show of 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 this movie to watch right now. I'm telling you, (laughs) I I like gotta go to work early tomorrow, but I'm gonna make it happen. (laughs) Hey, you said the wife's asleep, right? Yeah, that's true. Kids are probably still up running around, but we'll figure that out as soon as I get back inside. (laughs) All right, so there you have it, folks. Uh, Check out uh, Star Trek Beyond and check it out right now. It's uh, my favorite film of the year so far, and would you go that far, Brian? I have to, you know, I can't wait till we do our, I guess, end of the year show. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I I think it's it, it's up there, right now. It's got to be uh, top two. Cool. All right. So now we're going to move on to our second feature of the night, uh, which is 1985's Enemy Mine. 
It's directed by Wolfgang Peterson, also known for Das Boot, Air Force One, and The Perfect Storm. The writer was Ed Kamara, known for Lady Hawk and Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. How's that for a, a couple of completely different movies? It's random. It's uh, very diverse. According to Lewis Gossett Jr., the Drac language was, was created from scratch. Much of it is actually Russian pronounced in reverse. The film's original budget was only $17 million at the start of the production when Richard Loncrane was the director and production was originally supposed to be done in Iceland. When he got fired from the project and new director Wolfgang Peterson took over the film, the final budget, including Loncrane's scrap footage, ballooned to over $40 million. Uh, in $1985, a lot of money went into this. Uh, David Lynch was one of the directors considered. You guys ever heard that? No. <laughs> uh, also, Terry Gilliam <laughs> was offered the chance to direct, but turned it down, preferring instead to develop his own project, which would eventually become Brazil. So, you guys familiar with uh, Terry Gilliam's work at, work at all? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he, w- he was one of the original members of uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Okay. Oh. Yeah, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's to say that his films are kind of like an acid trip is a bit of an understatement. Probably on acid when he made them. Yeah, I no doubt. So, <laughs> yeah, that that could have been interesting, but you know, we'll talk about it and see if we think Wolfgang, you know, pulled it off. Um, Philip, you want to you want to start on this one? Yeah, you know, I'd I'd actually never seen this movie before. Really? So I mean, yeah, I know it's like a classic, and going back to watch the classics. You were like enemy mine, and I was like, "What the fuck is that? I've never even heard of it." Went back and watched it, and uh, it's it's super dated. It's kind of <laughs> like going back and and watching the old Star Trek episodes, you know. Sure. <laughs> but when you when you get into it, it's it was a really kick ass movie, man. I was really impressed about the uh, and the message. It kind of like on on Star Trek, it was a, a message of acceptance. You know, trying to racial tolerance and all that stuff and, and accepting of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was a I think it was a cool movie. And I actually really liked the uh, I like all the costumes and stuff when they did special effects back in the 80s. I think they put a lot more effort into it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they didn't have to more, do the CGI stuff. You, you think it was more of a labor of love, in other words, back then. Yeah. And then, I mean, when you have a guy in a mask. Right, and they make the mask look really kick-ass. I think that's way better than uh, a computer animated monster. Brian and I would both agree. I thought it was pretty good. It took me a minute to get into it, but I, I really liked it. I got caught up in it. Yeah, Enemy Mine is a uh, was a go to movie uh, for me for you know I guess the theatrical run probably I don't know I'd say maybe within a month's time I. I think I saw it at the theater three or four times. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, looking back on it, I can see what you're talking about with the, you know, the kind of dated special effects. In fact, with some of the spaceships, I kind of got the Flash Gordon feel a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, I mean, it's it, at, at the end of the day, it, it's a it's an awesome story. It's absolutely, positively, 100 percent a a quote unquote Star Trek storyline. Uh, just yeah. like the points you made, Philip, are, are 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 dead on, man. This is one of those those movies that, even though there's a lot of stuff that happens before and after these two are on the planet, which I frankly hadn't remembered a lot of that until I rewatched it this week, uh, mm-hmm. and and some of it's 
pretty damn good. Where they put, you could tell they put a lot of money into designing the the spaceships and designing the costumes and everything and making it look realistic. Um, yeah. But I mean, come on, you know, everything you remember about this movie, everything you're going to take forward, was between these two individuals. That's very much a Star Trek type story. The di- diversity and having to overcome that, actually work together to survive and defeat common enemies, is is just one of those classic stories that uh, you know that that I think I think is tra- transcends whatever time that the story is being set in, and could be applied to us today just as much as it could, you know, two hundred years ago, just as much as it could. A hundred years in the future, I was uh, I, I, w- I was happy to see that in this alternate timeline or whatever, the Houston Oilers still existed. That was good to know. That was good to know. But yeah, and, and I think um, as far as the acting, I don't understand how you could have gotten two better people for this part. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, you know, for the this is like one of my favorite movies uh, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And for the longest, I did not know that was Louis Gossett Jr. Well, how would you? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean. Unless, wait, wait, wait. I mean, you, what else? Is, what else has he been in? Uh, another movie from from my childhood that that he was in that I like. I, I believe it was called Iron Eagle. I mean, he's he's done a lot of movies. You, yeah, you name well, it, dude. In the in some... the in the eighties and the nineties, he's he he plays a lot of military type roles. Yeah, let me. You guys go ahead. Somebody that I know, but I couldn't. I couldn't tell you who he was just off the top of my head yeah brian brian's gonna look up a couple of his highlights for you because we don't want to just gloss over it he's he's had a really really successful career and he he generally plays kind of like a hard ass and like a military guy man in all those classic movies like that they have the real theatrical acting right and it really works you know i think if they put out something like that today it would be considered super cheesy but it goes back to the you know the thespian roots and I think that they like maybe overperforming a little like that. And I, I, I got that. that feeling from him a lot. Sure. But man, it was still really good. They conveyed a lot of emotion. Yeah. Speaking of his like thespian roots, this is the very first film he was in was uh, a raisin in the sun. And that's oh. a, you know, it's a pretty, uh, well-known, uh, story right there. There you have it, man. Yeah. That's one uh, of the classics. Like you said, he played a lot of military roles, a uh, officer and a gentleman, Yes, yes. Um, like I said, like a, like I said, one of my favorites as a kid, uh, the Iron Eagle series. Mm-hmm. That was the one um, with the uh, helicopter, right? Uh, yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Was was it helicopters or was it uh, Air Force? I think it was Air Force. Jets? I think it was. I think in the later series, it started to be other stuff. Okay. Yeah, just like and, with uh, any good series, they w- they would change it around a little bit. Oh, he was in a couple of horrible movies though. Oh boy, Jaws three D, huh? <laughs> yeah, you you already knew which one. Jaws three D. But yeah, a lot of military roles. Is that the one that got zero percent. <laughs> well, I think that was Jaws the Revenge that got zero. I think this one got at least ten or twelve percent. But yeah, I did. You know, Jackson got eaten by a shark. But uh, you, you know, growing up. This movie, I watched this movie a lot, you know, like you said, the message in the movie. I believe somebody uh, made a comment on one of our postings about this movie, uh, Space Racism. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do, I do remember seeing that. 
it, I just I just like the bond that they they started to to you know have with each other, especially when he was teaching him his culture. Oh yeah, his version of the Bible, and mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid was you know I've, I've heard these words before, and uh, Louis Louis Gaza Jr.'s character was yes because you know the truth truth is the truth in any language in any you know, and I really you know I really dug that part of the movie the whole um, them discovering how you know similar they are. Even though you know they're different, but they have similarities. Dare I say it would almost be like uh, someone teaching another person the Quran? I'm not super familiar with the Quran, but well, it's kind of it's what the stuff that it actually says. Then it, it, somebody's it, it, taking it wrong. <laughs> you know what? It, yeah, for sure. And it seems it seems like that it's it's one of these uh, you know classic stories. And if you, my understanding, I'm I'm with you, Philip. I haven't actually read the works of, you know, the Quran or anything like that. But my understanding is it's, if, if you were to read that and read the uh, New Testament Bible, they're, they're basically telling you the exact same things. Turn your cheek, be, be good to other people, no matter how they treat you and, you know, be peaceful. And how that gets twisted is miscommunication. And this movie is timeless. It, it kind of tells you, like I say, it's as true now as it as it was two hundred years ago, two thousand years ago, as the you know the time that it takes place, which is twenty ninety two. Some things are are always going to be universal, and if you were to actually sit down and try to learn somebody else and understand where they're coming from, and get to know them as a as as a fellow you know living sentient intelligent thinking being then I think we could solve all our problems that way if people would just do it. But God damn it, we don't do it. Well, they had a yeah. lot of time. That's for sure. It uh, was it uh, three years? Uh, yeah, 2092 to 2095, as it said oh. on the computer readout toward the end of the movie when, he, when uh, they had that deus ex machina. That was the only thing that kind of bothered me about this movie, looking back on it, was uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, he he should have died, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, you look <laughs> came back. <laughs> well, and then okay, so they had this gigantic set at the end with all this expensive like uh you know all the railings that go up over sure. the all over the lava and all and the and the rocks and everything and I'm I'm thinking why is there not like a rail or something up there? I mean, they obviously spent a lot of money putting all that shit together. <laughs> yeah, kind of like kind of like the Star Wars thing, huh? Where you've yeah. always got these people fighting each other up on these uh, these big scaffolding, and and they don't have any rails, any safety rails yeah. or anything. OSHA like, would be, OSHA hey, would be having a heart attack, huh? Let's go to this like death obstacle course and <laughs> <Right>. fight. <laughs> but hey, makes a good movie. You gotta admit it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and the 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 makeup the, the makeup was on point. That's what I was saying. That was really good. It was very realistic. Yeah, for nineteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah right, right, right down to the uh, what was what was the what was the son's name? Zammies. Yeah, I, I thought he was. He kept saying like zombies <laughs> or something like that. I I kept thinking he was saying zombies, but I guess it was zom zombies or whatever. I think it was zombies. Uh, you know, his makeup was pretty on point too. Right. Well, but you know what? I think a lot of it had to do with the acting because I think a lot of the body movements that uh, Lewis Gossett made, especially early on in the movie, when the uh, the human uh, Willis 
all he was thinking about was killing this son of a bitch that that yeah. shot down his friends and and killed his brothers and his brothers in arms, you know. And he's mm-hmm. sneaking up on him, and uh, you, you guys noticed that he was Gossip Junior was making like some really you know what we would consider strange body movements and stuff like that, almost like lizard like or something. Yeah, yeah. the what. The way he was positioning his head and yeah, see, I think I think that sold the, the 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 makeup and whatnot quite a bit too because he really he sort of went with it. You know what I'm saying? He like actually became that character. No, but I mean, I thought like just just strictly the makeup was good too. Very a, good. A quick recap in case you haven't seen the movie in you know 35 years or however long it's been out. <laughs> they uh, uh, Dennis Quaid is a. Uh, uh, a pilot and all the countries are finally unified and now they're fighting space battles against this alien race. And these two end up crash landing on a, on a planet together because he wants nothing more than just to kill these things. Cause they are laying claim to this planet and they want it. They become buddies cause they're stranded together for three years. And the lizard dude has a baby there's some transgender for you. Yeah, now wait a minute. And... <laughs> Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold the phone now. Philip, you said the lizard dude has a baby. Explain that well, to I us guess. so our listeners know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, he's like a frog man, right? And right? Uh, that's what he says. The humans haven't... Ha- y'all don't have it figured out. You've still got your sexes separated. Right. That's... you always be alone or something like that. And... uh yeah, he's an amphibian he guy. It, yeah, he does make it a point in the movie to let let uh, Willis know that he is not a woman. <laughs> yeah, a little and bit so, of comedy but, there, huh? Yeah, so the lizard dude has a baby, and then he dies in childbirth. That's, a, that's a pretty efficient way to do it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Kind of out with the old and, and uh, in with the new, huh? And then the uh, the human raises the baby. As his own, because he's still stuck on the planet with this thing, and it's the only thing left that he has from his friend. And then some other humans come down and start raiding the planet again. Yeah, I don't know if if those guys so much hated the aliens as they just basically didn't give a fuck about anything but making a little bit of profit and having fun and fighting and drinking whiskey and whatever whatever they were doing, right? Yeah, they they didn't seem to like anybody. Yeah, what was it? Cause you seen when they recognize when when Willis came back and they seen his uh, the logo of um, the military thing, right? Oh yeah. Uh, they obviously didn't give a fuck about who he was with. Yeah, they they referred to him as scavengers. Yeah, that could, I could see that scavengers. Yeah. Yeah, you, I guess you can basically call them like space pirates or something like that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's a good description. But it's kind of the same way that he felt towards the aliens before he got stuck on a planet with one. Yeah, because if if none of that would have happened, he probably wouldn't even look twice at a situation like that. Hey, what did you guys think about the uh, some some of the inconsistencies? Let's point out a few weaknesses here in the movie. Um, hey, did, for example, did you notice the guns looked exactly like uh, late twentieth century pistols and stuff like that? Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, why are they shooting bullets? Shouldn't they be shooting like <laughs> lasers and shit? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't really notice until like. I guess where they was uh, they had the Drax as slaves, right? And they just had regular pistols and shotguns. I was like, this is uh, not too futuristic. <laughs> and it's good to know they Does still that have... stuff even work well in space. 
Do what? Blow your arm off. <laughs> so what? would that even work in space? You'd like blow your arm off or something. Well, it's good to know they still have Greyhound buses in the future, right? If you guys catch that quote. Yeah. No. <laughs> and do not do not refer to Mickey Mouse in any way but good. Right. Apparently. <laughs> Take offense to that. Hey, so did did either of you guys get the vibe I got that uh, Dennis Quaid is kind of like a poor man's uh, Harrison Ford? A little bit. Seemed to have yeah, a lot of the I, same mannerisms and whatnot. Yeah, well, he does. He that, like that's what I was talking about with the overacting man. He does that, and he does that in a lot of his roles. He gets like real a little too into it, right? But he's kind of cool for it. Yeah, he is cool, man. Super cool. Well, I've said everything I want to say about the movie. So, you guys, did you guys have any more to say about it? No, I think we can. Uh, we covered covered quite a bit. Yeah, if, if Philip don't have anything to say, we can uh, get into ratings. All right, so you guys ready to uh, get into your ratings for uh, 1985's Enemy Mine? Yep. Uh, Philip, man, I guess so. I might have to have y'all go first. I hadn't really thought about a, like a number rating. Hang on a second. Let me. I'm gonna say. Five and a half. Five and a half. All right. So more, yeah. more good than bad. That's 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 all. Yeah, yeah. It was it was more good than bad, and and it was it's really more just based on age. I mean, it was it was a good sure. movie to watch. It's definitely worth watching, but it's not something I'm going to go like check out again. Was there anything that took you out of it? Um, just the, just the age of it. I think you know, right. like it's it's super dated. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it was a like. It had to be a really good movie for it to take me out of that super dated feel. So, was there anything in particular that you know besides you know I mentioned the, the talking about the Houston Oilers and stuff like that? But was it like the special effects or what? Or I mean, what was it that kind of you know that kind of made your major rating you know just barely kind of halfway? Well, I don't know. I guess it was just that I'd never seen it before. It may be a classic, and it's. Uh... It's not classic enough to be one of the big classics, you know what I mean? Sure. It's uh, you, just, you know, when you when you watch a, a movie from the late 70s, early 80s, and it's got that color to it, you know, everything is kind of exaggerated, and it's it's got a real theatrical feel. The movie was super cheesy, you know? I mean, gotcha. the, the story was there, and uh, and the acting was, was there for what it was. I mean, I can't say it's going to be one of my favorite movies, you know? Like. Hey. Fair enough, man. Well, it was good. I'm just I'm probably not gonna go watch it again. Yeah, I mean, for my opinion, any any time you got over a five is a is a runaway success. Because as far as I'm concerned, more movies unfortunately are bad than good. And if yeah. it's bad, I'm gonna rate it really low. So five and a half. I mean, at least you enjoyed it more than you didn't enjoy it. You know? Oh, absolutely. That's that's not a negative five and a half. You know what I mean? It's sure. it's a it's a positive. Like it did good. How about you, Brian? Um, I was going to give it a seven, but I have, after really thinking about it, um, it was probably going to be more for nostalgia. Right. But really right. thinking about it, besides the practical effects, um, like some of the stuff with the spaceships was really outdated. <laughs> yeah, the, the like Flash the, Gordon look, right? Yeah. The Enterprise so, um, floating along on a string. <laughs> I'm going to bump it down to a six and a half. Um, I really enjoyed mainly Louis Gossett Jr.'s performance in this. Right. And I think there's a good message in this movie. Yeah. And I think if you haven't seen it, you should at least check it out at least one time. 
Yes, absolutely. So I'm a, it's, it's, I'm a, should watch. Yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a say six and a half. Cool, cool. All right, so we got a five and a half, a six and a half, and I'm and I'm actually going to give it a seven and a half. Oh, wow. um, and and that's primarily based on storyline and acting. As far as I'm concerned, the most important part of any film is the you know the story, the script, the way that it's written, and I I think it has a great message, and I think it I think it still holds up. Definitely, there's no doubt about it that some of the special effects took me out of it. Some of the references took me out of it. You know, this isn't your best screenwriter of all time, for sure. You know, because he was, I think he did make, he went out of his way to make way too many, you know, 20th century references to uh, probably, you know, probably give the movie a better appeal to people that were going to the, you know, theater and, you know, paying four or five bucks or whatever just to see the movie with their kids or check something out just for fun. Uh, I'll tell you what, I love that football scene, though. The football was, football scene was a lot of fun, man, and I loved yeah. hearing Houston Oilers for a change, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that that was pretty cool. And uh, they got to eat the football, too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I just really loved the message, and um, I think the acting was, was, was really good. Um, if I had any complaints at all, like I said, it would be that, you know, that deus ex machina ending there where they just kind of, just happened to be flying by and <laughs> just happened to pick him up. And uh, yeah. they, they they even went so far as to have him actually ready to jettison him into space as a corpse. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, he jumps up and chokes the guy that's uh, that's taking the shroud off of him or whatever. So yeah, uh, really that quickly, was pretty far-fetched. Don't test these guys? What happened? How- <laughs> uh, really quickly, how did he notice his necklace behind all that beard? That's a good point too. Yeah, <laughs> because he was like, he was like, wait, hold on, what is this? Hang on. And I was like, and I was I like what is what? This guy's beard. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Philip, I thought you were growing a beard, dude. <laughs> yeah, that dude had a had a had a rocking beard going. <laughs> okay, so so overall, guys, not too bad. Five and a half, six and a half, and then a seven and a half. So, uh, enemy mine, nineteen eighty five. Uh, I guess. If our audience has a, a chance to go back and, and take a look at that, they may they may want to check. Uh, we have one from Kevin Nez of California, and he sent us his favorite book to movie list. We've got uh, Trucks. Um, right. We've got Children that, that of the was, Corn. That was one of mine. That was uh, Maximum Overdrive, guys. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Children of the Corn. Oh, that was a good one. Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that one. Uh, the Shining. Okay. Uh, oh. Which... I left that off my list, and, and on our, our next feedback, I'll explain why. Okay, yeah, well, we'll just move on, and then we'll go back to him. Um, we've got Jaws, and he says, even though it's not a horror movie, it's it's my num- uh, even though it's not a horror movie, but I think that Jaws can still count as a horror movie. I mean, reviewed it on this show. It was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Oh, number one, I don't even know how I didn't even catch that one, uh, A Clockwork Orange. No shit. My favorite yeah. film of all time. Oh really? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, Clockwork Orange is my favorite movie uh, ever. That's nice. uh, if there is if there is a ten a ten out of ten out there, it's that one for me. Wow, those are big words, man. Uh, <laughs> sure. What What do you think, Brian? Uh, it's it's pretty high up there. I haven't seen it in a while. But uh, ten on ten, uh, I don't know. I'll have to check that check it out again. All right. It, that's another one where if you've never watched it, I mean, you kind of have to watch that one. It, it is it is kind of in there in that Godfather group. 
So uh, also, Patrick Lear from Kansas City, Missouri, asked why we didn't include The Shining in our list, which is what Kevin Nez included. Right. Uh, I think a lot of our focus was on best translation from book to film, and uh, we felt The Shining was kind of its own thing. Um, uh, me personally, I just I didn't even think about The Shining when I was going through it. Okay. You know, definitely a big fan of the movie though. Yeah, I uh, I purposely left it off my list. Like I said, Clockwork Orange, favorite film of all time. So obviously, I'm a Kubrick fan uh, yeah. from the word go. I, he's never made anything I haven't absolutely loved. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that uh, it was two different animals, man. I mean, you've got The Shining book, and then I think Kubrick purposely went way out of his way to separate the film from the book. And I just, as a translation, I just didn't think that it worked as a, as a straight translation from the book. So it's really just name only. Yeah, that's why I left it off my list, uh, personally. Makes sense. You know, Brian, did you include it on yours? Uh, no. I, I guess none of us did, or he wouldn't have brought that up, right? Yeah. And then we've also um, we've also got one from Sharita Connolly from Alaska, uh, and she asked if we were going to be covering the new Ghostbusters. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Hey, I ain't afraid of no ghost. (laughs) Yeah, I I think you know I think we're all going to end up seeing it, so we'll we'll get like a little mini review on it. Yeah, it'll definitely be a part of the conversation. Yeah, at some point in time, because I I totally want to watch it. So uh, as uh, soon as uh, soon as all three of us see it, we'll get that one out there. Sounds good. All right. So thank yeah thanks thanks for uh, uh, the feedback, Sharita. That's that's one that's been on my to do list, but I just had, just hadn't had time to see it, and we really didn't just didn't work it in because of the scheduling and whatnot to our actual reviews. So we will go and see that, and we'll get and we'll get you our thoughts on it for sure. There's a lot of good stuff coming out right now. It's hard to catch everything. It's a good time to be a horror movie fan right now. Uh, But thanks, guys. You can reach us with your comments, ideas, and questions at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Message us through our Facebook page or leave an iTunes review. And once again, please, please do it because it gives us something to talk about on the show. And, uh, you know, let us know what you guys want. and we'll, We'll fit it in there, definitely. As always, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us, as Philip said, at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news, reviews, and interviews, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash thehorrorreturns and follow us on Twitter at at horror underscore returns. You can find us on Podbean at thehorrorreturns.podbean.com. Also look for us on iTunes, and if you like what you hear, please rate us and review us so we can get our numbers up and continue to bring you uh, bigger and better stuff. Next week, we're going to be bringing you a very special John Carpenter retrospective show. And once again, uh, Brian and I are going to be joined by our good friend uh, Pedro Nunez. So until the horror returns again, good.